Today I'm joined by Doc, as per usual, as well as a special guest. I'll introduce him after this short intro. We're going balls deep. We're doing more ADP battles. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by FBI Basketball, Fantasy Basketball International. I'm Adam King at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. We're doing some more ADP battles. Uh, we might also give away 10 entries to the uh, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball FBI uh, World Cup. That's what we're calling it. Uh, I'll come up with a keyword at some point or... Actually, I've already got an idea for what a keyword might be in today's show. Uh, I will bring in my guests, my first guest, my usual guest, Doc, and I will add our second guest, but you can't see him because he doesn't have a camera. Uh, We'll start with Doc. Doc, uh, how have you been the last week? Fantastic. Fantastic. Very good. And, And our guest, someone that we both know quite well, you know very well, uh, Jonas Nader. Uh, first time you've been on my – oh, no, maybe you've been on my show, but first time you've been on a show this preseason? That's correct. The first time I've been on a show with Doc included. So what a privilege, what an honor. And, Doc, i got to say, your voice in that intro music was phenomenal. You know, uh, they paid me like $72,000 uh, <laughs> to record that. And big bu- big it was there was some auto tune involved, but I mean, basically, yeah, I mean, I have the voice of an angel. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jonas, haven't haven't spoken for a while. Um, what's what's been going on? I know, obviously, lots outside of basketball, life, family, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, started a job at Vanderlei Industries. It feels like I can't talk about <laughs> anything. Uh, <laughs> But no, I've been doing a lot of part-time work. Uh, picked up by Rotowire. Very thankful for them. They've been great. Doing about 25 hours to them. I've got a couple other gigs I'm doing. I'm doing some construction work for my dad. And there's another thing that I'm working on too. Spent the entire last month, went completely off the grid and wrote up my own, let's just say content. I paired with someone, but I'll be releasing that info. I can't talk about it yet, but I have mm-hmm. something coming in the next few days that I'm really excited about. And Jonas, really the past got- five weeks. We've got Sportstopia stuff coming, right? Oh, absolutely. That's coming, what, I think they said early October? Like, that's exciting. Pretty so soon. We're getting the gang back together. Me, getting the Doc, gang back Ryan, together. Uh, this podcast uh, reunion of me and Jonas reminds me, or Jonas and I, I, I don't know. I'm, Dude, I've been edited so hard in some of my recent jobs. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> conscious of what I say and how I say it. And what I write and what I write. Uh, Jonas and I remind me of some of my fantasy basketball leagues that I'm in where we talk to each other every single day during basketball season. And then yeah. as soon as as soon as, the, as soon as we're not playing FanDuel every day or we're not in a league together, uh, everything just goes away and you, you move on with your life. You do other stuff. And then the basketball season kicks up again and suddenly – you find yourself talking to these people again. I feel like that's sort of where Jonas and I are because we went from talking to each other every day 
to being laid off in November and not talking to each other hardly at all. And now we're back together again. It feels, it just feels natural. It feels right, Doc. It feels right. It's good to be back. Yeah. I'm glad I could bring you together on a show. You did it. Absolutely. You're like a matchmaker. Well, yeah, all right. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, let me bring up our slides. Hey, uh, Kingy, I, I have a quick question. How did the word of the day last week, Michael J. Fox, how did that work out? Uh, very well. We had a lot of people comment uh, with the word of the day, and a lot of them tagged movies as well. So, so there was a lot of, a lot of uh, creativity and brain workage going on? There was, yeah. And then we had, uh, I did a show on, on the weekend with Zach. Uh, we did an auction mock draft and he had a shirt on and it must be a college thing, um, <laughs> which I'm not, a, but his shirt said, eat shit pit. So it was aimed at Pittsburgh, obviously. So our keyword for that show was eat shit pit, uh, which, which was, we got some interesting comments there as well. Um <laughs> So well, we'll good. come up that's with a good fun. word for today too, um, I think. So as I, as I said, I, I do have a word in mind, <laughs> which we might use. Um, so we're just going to do some early ADP battles like we have been doing the last couple of weeks. First one, uh, so I've based this on Fantrax ADPs for this week. Uh, at pick 28, Lowry Markinen, Bam Adebayo. Doc, who are you going with at pick 28? Well, Adam, one of the things I thought was cool about last week is you had Zach and I on, and Zach and I actually disagreed about like the first three, three or four guys, which is good. I, I think that's what you want. You want like a a point counterpoint type of thing here. You don't want all three of us being super high on the same guy. So I, I thought that was fun uh, last week, and. I don't know. Jonas and I have not talked about any of this, so I don't know what he's going to say. But what I do know is that Lori Markinen ran through last summer like a man on a mission. And then he ran through training camp like a fantasy stud. And then he ran through the preseason still on a tear. And then he basically tore it up in the regular season, finished about a round higher than Bam Adebayo did. Uh, in the final fantasy rankings. At first, I was very, very leery and, and thought it was suspect that Laurie Markin is suddenly a borderline fantasy superstar. But after last year, I'm all in, man. I, I, I love it. I think he gained so much confidence last year. He's finally the guy that we thought we were going to see, you know, three or four years ago. Got over the injuries. He was already better than Bam last year. I don't know why he's – I don't think John Collins is, is going to ruin Laurie Markkinen in, in Utah. I'm uh, all in on Markkinen here. Uh, and Jonas, do you do you concur or are you going to keep the trend going and disagree with Doc? Well, I'll tell you how close this is. I have my own top 200 this year, and I have them at 28 and 30. Now, I'm not going to say who's where just because I don't want to just say it. Cause I, I think Doc can convince me one way or another. I actually am not worried at all about John Collins. I just Realistically, he's just not very good. For the last couple of years, he's just not very good. You look at his advanced stats, just a very, very mediocre player. Yes, the Jazz are going to give him more opportunity. Yes, it'll push Laurie to the three. But he had a historic shooting season, and he just looked like the man. The Jazz pretty much have the same roster except for Collins. And... 
it is close. I think the question here is, are we talking rotisserie or head-to-head? -head? Because the one thing I am worried about with Utah is that team could be very, very bad. And if we get to March and April, we could see something similar to last year where they kind of, you know, pull off the gas a little bit, um, make up an injury. We've, we've seen it how many times we've seen this doc for the past 10 years. We've seen it before. If it's a head-to-head -head league, I honestly might lean Bam just because he's so reliable. You know you're going to gonna get the games out of him. But in a rotisserie league, if you get 67, 68 games at a Laurie, I think he beats Bam by a round. Yeah, I think I'm Lowry as well, slightly. Um, the arrival or non-arrival of Damian Lillard uh, is going to impact Bam. I think if Lillard does come in, it'll, it takes the ball out of Bam's hands a little bit. We saw that even last year with Kyle Lowry there, and, and Lillard's obviously a significant upgrade when compared to Kyle Lowry. So, uh, yeah, and I'm not too worried about John Collins. Um, I do think John Collins can have a better year this year. He's out of Atlanta, doesn't have that pressure, but... Uh, I'd probably go with with Lowry. I mean, for me, Lowry Markinen is Lowry Markinen is. Um, I think just he's more fun as well. He's a stud. Right. Let's go with Lowry Markinen. Yeah, I gotta add one more thing though. Like, if we get hints that the Heat are suddenly going to use Bam and like all those handoffs again, he mm -hmm. gets like all like up to like five assists a game. Then that might tilt it back towards Bam's favor. But his assist rate for the last couple of years has been not what it used to be. This dude used to no. give you five dimes a game, and now he's down to like two or three. So. The block rate, too, decreased last year, which is annoying, but it's still Bam. He's going to play the game, so that's what matters most. I think the bottom line here is if you get to pick 28, e either one of these guys, I think you're going to be happy walking away with. That seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so pick 47, I've gone with uh, Jalen Brown, OG, Ananobi. I just I thought that picture was pretty relevant for Jalen Brown, <laughs> given his recent financial upturn. Uh, start with you, Jonas, on this one. Have you got a preference, a clear preference here? Sure. Uh, so in my top 200, I have these guys separated by three spots. So I really like this ADP battle. Um, I'm going to lean slightly towards Jalen Brown because we know what he can do, right? He's not going to hit his free throws. Uh, he can't go left, and his assist-to-turnover ratio is absolute trash. But other than that, he's still one of the best two-way wings in the NBA. Um, he still has a near 30% usage rate next to Tatum. Boston looks similar. Um, they're honestly only like seven deep this year, which means Jalen Brown's going to have to play a ton of minutes again because they have zero bench beyond, I don't know who they're going to bring off the bench this year, but you got Malcolm Brogdon, Horford, Robert Williams. He figured out two of those three. But either way, Brown's going to play a ton of minutes. Doesn't have any red flags injury history-wise that scare me, I should say. Um, whereas... Oh, geez. And one of the weirdest situations in the league, like Toronto could be on the verge of just a complete tear down, right? Siakam extension talks have kind of stalled out. OG has been in the rumor mill himself. Um, they're putting Scotty Barnes as the focal point of their offense. And that could get ugly at times, I should say. So I'm leaning with the safe pick here. And that's Jalen Brown, honestly, just because we, we know what to expect with OG. He could be top 30. He could be top 90. We just don't know what's going to happen with them. I get that, but OG was top 30 last year, uh, 27th, according to Basketball Monster. Uh, that's 20 spots higher than Jalen Brown. And also, Jonas, uh, the number of dollars floating around in that picture of Jalen Brown is about how much I've made in the last year. Uh, <laughs> what I think is amazing about this is – 
if you think back to back in the day, maybe even before, I mean, I, I'm old school, so this this may be a dated theory, but there used to be a thing where guys got paid big money and then they just sort of coast. Hmm. And I'm not saying that's what Jalen Brown's going to do, but you have to think this is a guy that had that horrific eight turnover game in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. and Boston got booted early and Jalen Brown sort of looked at like as a bad guy by, by some of the Boston faithful. I just don't know how motivated he's going to be after making all that scratch. Um, and OG's already 20 picks better than him last year. Like OG to me, like he's not a guy that is a sexy like draft pick. He's not going to be on Sports Center. You're never going to hear his name ever. He plays for Toronto. Like he, he, you're just never going to hear about him, but he's just a quiet, steady doesn't hurt you anywhere kind of fantasy stud. Um I'm going with OG even though Jonas you're exactly right. Like Toronto could blow it all up this year and yeah. start over. Especially Freddie Van Vliet's gone. We don't know what's going to happen with Siakam. Uh, yeah. But OG just seems like that guy. Like, as Dion said, he's him. Can I add one more comment, Adam, before we go to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, without Fred Van Vliet, too, like, OG has been asking for a larger role in the offense for the past, what, three or four seasons? Well, he's going to mm-hmm. get it this year. And that, that does kind of scare me because I, I did, like, a deep dive on, like, his stats and so last year he was in the first percentile for isolation. Horrific, right? Pick and roll, he was 20th percentile. Like he's a guy that's just better as a role player. And I'm scared that if they put the ball in his and uh, Scotty Barnes' hands and they're just not ready for it, like it could get very ugly. But I get what Doc's saying. Like if OG had his same role as last year, I'm taking OG. I'm just worried about Toronto's situation, honestly. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, OG probably his rank, like we said last season, he was a little bit higher, but he he is pretty dependent on steals. So it, it, those low volume categories tend to swing overall ranks. Um, it, yeah, for me, I think I'd probably lean Jalen Brown, but it would come down to a little bit to what I needed. If I if I built up my scoring early and and I was just chasing more some counting stats, things like that, I might go uh, OG. But Jalen is, I mean, he is who he is. He's, he's a bit, a little bit like a DeMar DeRozan, top 40, top 45. He's probably going to be in that range for the next five years, I would think. Um, so very consistent. On to the next two. This and another, another, Raptor, another Raptors player um, at pick 56, Scotty Barnes, who we just touched on, uh, and Josh Giddy from the Thunder. Um, Jonas. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say this. So the Raptors did bring in Dennis Schroeder to mm-hmm. kind of offset the loss of Fred Van Vliet. But let's be honest here. Like the team is built around Scotty Barnes for better or worse now. And that does scare me. Like compared to his rookie year, he just looked bad last year. Like numbers were down pretty much across the board. Uh, didn't really look like a good fit. Raptors don't really have the best shooting around him. And he's kind of the guy that, He'll be driving most of the game. And who's he going to pass to? Like, Siakam could be on the move. OG could be on the move. Like I said, like, this whole Toronto situation, you're going to notice a common trend. Like, it scares me to death. Whereas Josh Giddy, 
you're adding Chet to a playoff team from last year. SGA is one of the best players in the NBA. Thunder are, what, eight or nine deep. Giddy's improving in the pick and roll. His defensive activity, even in the World Cup, looked better. Like, I think we're going to see more steals, blocks. And you're adding that to a walking triple-double stat set. Like, Giddy, assuming you can punt one or two weeks his way, like, he's the clear choice here. I don't know. But it, it, mm-hmm. I'd like to see what Doc says. I, I think he's going to go Giddy. I'm just going to go ahead and guess that now. But go ahead, Doc. I'll tell you what, dude. You're like you are so down on Toronto. Like you've dissected Toronto. <laughs> in you're like you've had so much time on your hands in between yeah. like lifting cement blocks and <laughs> laying down cement that you you you've spent all of your spare time like breaking down the Raptors. I've spent zero time uh breaking down the Raptors. All I know is Fred Van Vliet's gone. Uh, Scotty Barnes played how many games last year? What, 77? Uh, Barnes was nearly a seventh-round fantasy pick last year. And Giddy, for all the near triple-double fun and all of the good things that were happening, was like a mid-tenth-round pick. Now we got SGA coming on like for his full we know it's coming breakout spectacular bonanza. And then we got Chet coming. Uh, I, ugh. I just feel like, like when I was a kid, I, my favorite player was George Gervin because he played for a terrible team, the San Antonio Spurs. He was the best player by far on that team. And he just put up numbers every night. I kind of feel like Scotty and OG, are, are going to do that for Toronto. But like you said, I don't, it, who knows what's going to happen. I, I'm going Scotty. I, I just think the Scotty is the future of the Raptors and they're going to put the ball in his hands and good or bad. They're just going to let it rip. So I'm, I'm taking a flyer on Scotty. Uh, I do love Josh Giddy though, man. I, I think yeah, Josh yeah. Giddy's triple double potential and putting him out there with <laughs> With guys like SGA and Chad, like that's going to be so fun. I can't wait to watch it. Huge Raptors or a huge uh, Thunder guy. I'll, I'll be yeah. watching the Thunder and not not the Raptors. But I just kind of feel like Scotty, uh, this is his time to shine, and I think he's going to finally put it all together this year. I think I'm going to go giddy. Part of part of that is the Aussie connection. I just I like. <laughs> Picking Aussies, but and I mean Jonas touched on it. I thought during the World Cup, although the Australia were bundled out a bit earlier than we'd hoped, I thought Giddy was a standout. Um, as you said, on both ends of the floor, I thought his defence looked good. Uh, if we look at the steps he took from year one to year two in the NBA, he he basically he, he like he took some massive steps efficiency wise. Um, I think he can continue that. His three-point shot, he looks a, a lot more confident shooting that. Um, so for me, I'd go giddy, but I do think that Barnes, there's probably a decent chance Barnes finishes higher than giddy. Um, and, and they are going to get the ball in his hands. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I don't know if it'll make them a particularly efficient, good offensive unit, but they're going to give it a go. Schroeder has been good in the World Cup, but FIBA... FIBA and NBA are very different. Schroeder is sort of built for for FIBA basketball. 
So I'll go Giddy, but it wouldn't surprise me if if Barnes finishes ahead of him if you looked at overall rank, that sort of thing, because I think Giddy still has a couple of deficiencies in his game. Um, but, I, yeah, I like Giddy. I'm trying to get him in as many leagues as I can. Yeah, last thought before you transition, I would say yep. the most valuable stat out of either player is the assist that Giddy's going to have. 6.2 last year, and now you're adding Chet at center. Like, he didn't have a center last year, right? Yeah. He had Poku for a month, but that's about <laughs> it. Now he has Chet, so I, I think that favors him in my opinion. Uh, so pick 80, I've gone with Devin Vassell and Terry Rozier. Um, sort of two different, I guess, guys in terms of their trajectory. Vassell's on the way up. He's getting a little bit of hype. Um, Rozier is probably people are down on him a bit this season. After last season, he was inefficient. Um and he did have those sort of two really good years where he was efficient. He turned things around. He was top 40-ish. Uh, and then last year regressed a bit. Uh, Doc, a preference here, clear for you, or, or pretty close? It's pretty close, but I'm... You know, I'm very forgiving as a human being. Like, if somebody makes me mad and then they say they're sorry, like, I forget immediately and just move on. Like, I don't care. But in fantasy basketball, if you do something that makes me mad, it's it's stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Like, I can't move on from it. And Terry Rozier, all I can see is five for 17 from the field or five for 23 or whatever. And all I see when I look at Devin Vassell is three steals. Um, so in my mind, Vassell is just like this steals machine playing for pop. He's going to be playing along alongside Victor Wembanyama. Um, we've got Trey, what, Trey Jones there now running the point. We've gotten rid of some of the other guards that were slowing Vassell down. Like, I feel like this is the year we finally see Devin Vassell feel like Terry Rozier is getting a little older. We got Miles Bridges coming back. We got LaMelo coming back. Like, Rozier struggled without Melo last year, and Melo's going to be back. Now, maybe that helps Rozier's game. I don't know. But I just don't trust him as a shooter. I think Vassal is like a multifaceted fantasy guy. Uh, I'm kind of all in on Vassal, who also had a – much better fantasy year rankings wise than than Terry Rozier did last year. Scary Terry. Okay. Jonas, rebuttal. Yeah. I 100% agree with Doc. I think Vassal and Rozier are way further apart than mm-hmm. this suggests. Honestly, I think I have Vassal like 30 spots higher. I guess it's because I'm from Charlotte and I've seen the Rozier games. Uh, I almost feel bad for the guy because they made him play the hero ball all last year. Like they lost the mellow ball. He had nothing. Right. So you're giving Rozier the ball and he's taking shots with 20 with like one second left in the shot clock because there's just nothing going for him. Right. So in a way I feel bad for him. I think he does bounce back this year, but to me, Devin Vassell, man, you put him next to Wimby and suddenly the floor just opens up for him. Right. Uh, it sounds like the Spurs are going to move Keldon Johnson to the bench. That's also great for Devin Vassell. And honestly, he's just a perfect wing for fantasy. Great three-point shooter, really good steals, decent block rate. Um, I think the Spurs are going to experiment with the ball in his hand a little bit. Um, for me, I think he's a clear breakup pick, and especially with the, the news around Trey Murphy. Like, 
a lot of people are kind of, kind of debating between Devin Vassell and Trey Murphy in that range. I think this bumps him up even more. So I think Devin Vassell is a clear guy here. You know, Jonas, I've been waiting for a Devin Vassell breakout for for a long time, like right. two or three years. So I'm with you, man. I feel like this might this it, it's better late than never, right? Like let's do it this year. Go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. No, no. Look, I I, I actually agree with this one. I'm, it would be Vassell probably by a round or two. Um, I do think much like Jonas. I do think Rosie bounces back because he won't be the guy in Charlotte, they'll have Lamello back. So he can just focus more on on playing off ball and, and getting some good looks. So I think he's better than he was last year. Um, but Vassell, for me, he was hyped a little bit last year. I remember there was a lot of discussion around who do we take first in drafts last year, Vassell or Keldon Johnson. It was, it was close. I was always on the Vassell side, and I'm glad I was because it's not even a discussion anymore. Um, Vassell is far, far and away the best fantasy option. Even it wouldn't surprise me if he finishes as their best fantasy player this season. Even with Wembenyama there, um, spicy. I like it. It is. I, I, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not super confident, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and I think if you talk to people about last year for Vassell, they'll they'll think, oh, he was hyped. We took him at this range, and he wasn't that good. But if you look at his stats. And and we we know he had that injury, and you can talk about was he being rested, that sort of thing. He had surgery, so it was a real injury. And he took his scoring from 12.3 to 18.5. Efficiency went up. Um, assists went up from 1.9 to 3.6. Uh, steals stuck around 1.1, but down the stretch, he was better than that. So, yeah, I, th- I think much like I did last season, I think Vassell is – potentially a top 50, top 40 um, guy this season. So we'll see. Yeah. I have some quick notes on him too. Last yep. year, 86 percentile transition. Um, Spurs are going to run a lot. That's going to be great for him. 83rd percentile pick and roll. Like Trey Jones isn't the answer there. I think he's going to get some reps in that. Uh, catch and shoot threes, 43%. Now, imagine, now think back to the first game in the summer league with Wemby. The Hornets triple, double and triple teamed them the entire game, right? You can't do that when you have Devin Vassell on the perimeter. No. Like he's just going to eat. So clear yeah. guy for me. Yeah. Uh, hey, and then this before, last before, one. Hey, before we move to the next player, I have yep. a question for I have a question for Jonas. Sure. Are you drafting Dylan Brooks or Keldon Johnson in the last round of your fantasy draft? Doc, Neither, I could probably. be in a seventy-five team league, <laughs> and the answer would still be no. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Dylan Brooks will never touch my fantasy roster. What about Kelton? I mean, 22 a game or whatever? Come on, man. I mean, I, see, I don't mind Kelton that much. I don't think he's a great fantasy player, but at least he scores, you know? At least his field percentage isn't bad or anything, but it just doesn't have peripheral stats, which is why people don't like him in category leagues. But still not a bad player, you know? Good answer. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving from a player that uh, Jonas clearly – Dislikes to a player that we we know Jonas uh, has a fondness for. Yeah. Pick 120, Josh Hart, DeAnthony Melton. I'll start with you, Doc, because I think I know where Jonas is going, but let's see what you think. It's not close for me. Um, as I said before, I have I have these things ingrained in my head. Sometimes it takes 
a podcast like this where you guys like talk me out of something that I previously thought was true, or um, I just look at the stats and, and get in depth and figure it out on my own. But in my mind, DeAnthony Melton is a fantasy stud, like across the board, per minute beast. And Josh Hart is like a wing guard slash forward that does some nice things. He's a good rebounder. To me, this is DeAnthony Melton in a landslide. And part of my reasoning for that may be because I go way back with Jonas. I love it. So, uh, Jonas, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you agree. Yeah, if if I didn't say Melton here, like someone would be calling the police and asking what's wrong. Uh, I think I have Melton two rounds higher. And honestly, like you put Melton in this offense with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, Harden's out of the, let's just assume Harden's out of the equation. Like he's done. Like at some point he's, he's just done. Who knows if he even shows up at the training camp. You put Melton next to Maxey, that team's going to run, right? More possessions, more steals, more deflections, more blocks. People are always like, oh, he's way overrated. He's just a steals guy. Well, he's been a steals guy for six years, right? (laughs) It's not like it's a one-off thing. He's had top three steal rate for the past five years. Like, it's not not something you're not going to rely on. So uh, a much better three-point shooter than, than he was early on in his career. A much better secondary playmaker than people give him credit for. Like he can run the offense in a pinch. He's not going to be a standout there. He'd be like a 50, 50th percentile pick and roll player, but he's good, you know, and he does every little thing across the stat sheet, kind of like Robert Covington. So I think Melton, you take James Harden out of the equation. I think he's going to have a great year, but not to um, say anything bad about Josh Hart, but he's not going to shoot 51% like he did last year in New York from three, you know? That's not who Josh Hart is. He's still one of the best rebounding forwards in the NBA. He'll be a great late rounder. Tibbs loves him, but he just doesn't have the same pop as Melton with the steals and blocks. Yeah, you know, Melton, Melton for me is, is the guy. He, he's, he has the upside. Um, Hart, yeah, arguably the best rebounding guard in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's leading Team USA in rebounding at the, at the World Cup. Uh, so... Still a very safe pick at the back end of the draft, but we saw Melton last season finally given there's always been the talk about just give him minutes, just give him minutes. Yeah. Uh, in Memphis, finally last year, it was as a result of injuries at some at some points, but he played 28 minutes a game. Um, not going to be a, a massive scorer. He's not going to be like 18 points or anything like that. He's going to be down around 11 or 12, but uh, the steals... We know, as, as Jonas said, that this has been a constant. So it's not we're not worried that he's going to regress like we would be with someone like a Gary Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty confident that Melton has a big role. Obviously, if Harden goes, that helps his case. Um, and he's and he's shot blocking is a little bit underrated. Like he's not 1.2 blocks, but 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 from the guard spot. Um, add them together and you're getting like three, four blocks a week, which can in a low volume category makes a difference. Yeah. I think um, to move, to move forward one step from here, I think one of the most important things about Melton's future is James Harden. And Adam, I feel like we talk about this every week. So has your needle moved at all 
in the past seven days for whether James Harden is going to play play basketball for this team this year. I don't think it's moved too much because we haven't really heard anything. Um, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Both both he and Daryl Morey are both very stubborn. So they're going to stick to their guns. They're going to stand by what they've done. So, um, yeah, look, I'd have, I have a lot more faith that if, if neither he nor Damien Lillard are traded, I have a lot more faith that Damien Lillard would suit up for Portland and would, and would get things done than, than Harden suiting up for Philly. Jonas, where are you on James Harden? Uh, I think he doesn't show up to camp. Uh, I think he holds out for a trade to the Clippers that may probably will probably not happen because who are the Clippers going to send to the 76ers? It doesn't make any sense. So uh, the harder thing just bothers me, man, because like, dude, this is like fifth time you've requested a trade in the last seven weeks, like figure it out. So are you, I mean, Jonas, if you had to put an over under on games played for any NBA team this season by James Harden, what would that number be? An over under, God, it might be fifty right now. Honestly, we could be looking at a month holdout beginning. I was thinking forty. Wow. Okay. I don't think he's going to play for Philly. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I the, the stuff that he said and done, and the history of him and Daryl Morey, like. I don't know that that is fixable. And, you know, we, we had this same situation in Houston a couple of years ago. Like, who is going to take a risk and draft James Harden in the first or second round when we don't know when he's going to play again? And next thing you know, he's shipped out of Houston and land somewhere. And it, it all worked out. But he still he still hasn't exactly been the fantasy force that he once was. Like, I personally am not touching James Harden. Yeah, I'll tell you this. For my top 200, I had, and this was solidified like the last couple weeks, I have James Harden 22. That number is about to go down by the week. You know, if we don't hear anything, I'm going to have to downgrade him by a round every week, it seems like, honestly. It's sort of like uh, the movie Breakfast Club. One more word, mister. That's another (laughs) week. (laughs) That's another week. That's a month. Yeah, I own you for the whole summer. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's sort of where we are with with Jimmy Harden. Yeah. Like, I just, I, dude, just just get along with people and just like let's be a teammate. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd have to. I wouldn't take him in in the first round, in the second round, or maybe the third round. But he might be worth it in the third. I mean, he might be. I don't yeah, know. Maybe sort of around thirty. 35. I don't know if he's going to fall that far, but uh, we've still got uh, six weeks till the start of the season. Um, I'm not sure when training camp starts officially, but I guess we'll get some word then, obviously, because the reporters are going to be there waiting to see if he turns up. So, yeah, the report is going to be James is what's that place in uh, what's that place in the Bahamas called that with the uh, shark slide and all that stuff? I don't even know. Anyone? You're not talking about the Sandals Resort, are you? (laughs) Well, that's where Michael Scott took Jan. But uh, (laughs) Sandals, Jamaica. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, I I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see James Harden. And 
Ugh. Would love to see him demand a trade to the Sandals basketball <laughs> team. Be great. All right. Well, I'm going to put a bow on things, but quickly, I'm going to I'm going to do our code word for for today for the World Cup entry. A lot of fantasy studs we've been talking about today. So today's code word is stud. Uh, if you if you are watching, uh, pop the word stud in the comments. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, and we will will leave it open for 24, 48 hours, and then we will uh, send out emails to randomly selected ten names. Uh, Jonas, thanks for coming on. Good to pull you out of not retirement, but out of on air retirement kind yeah, of man i'm back on the grid i'm getting a camera ordered i did have a webcam but dude I, i'm so technology challenged i could not for the life of me get it to work so uh pray for me as i try to solve that <laughs> all right well we'll we'll get you on again before the season sure. starts with a camera so people yes. can see your pretty face my beautiful hair uh, yeah doc thanks as always for coming on uh always a pleasure always an honor so fun Love it. Uh, And that will do it. Um, We'll be back next week uh, as per normal. Not sure what we're doing. We'll figure that out during the week. Uh, Remember, you can check out all of our content, uh, including access to Discord at fbibasketball.com. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe. As I said, that would be great. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.